0: This is Dan Libby, one-fifth of YFC, and you are listening to this week's episode of Infinite Rewind. I mean, 20 bucks, I mean, 20 bucks is 20 bucks, but it's not like, I'm not paying that's 100 cheap, bucks
1: though. to go it's see it. $20. Yeah. I mean, hopefully there's a
2: speech, right? Not just him playing ball. <laughs> he better.
1: <than> <laughs> Maybe they sign like a jersey or something. Yeah. Oh, that's yes. totally
3: worth it.
0: Dude, Tony and I will go. We'll just get drunk before we go, and then it'll just be great. Just yeah. it, you
3: know.
4: Usually works out every time. They, they'd probably sell out in arena. If Michael Jordan and Larry Bird had a one-on-one game at the Garden tomorrow. Oh, they definitely would sell
1: out in a heartbeat. I sure would sell out. I sure
3: yeah. would
4: sell out. Wow.
0: Well, uh, let, me, um, let me open this up. You guys want to jump in? Yeah, man. Are you let's, going? Let's do it. So, welcome, everybody, to um, – I don't know the number episode that we're 13. episode 13 I was in my head I was like episode 49 um but yeah man that, welcome to episode 13 infinite rewind um I'm Dan Libby I'm joined by my brethren Mr. Benjamin Cabrera Benjamin uh, Bath- oh yeah <laughs> Benny Bathrobes Benny um, I like my that man, my man Algo <laughs> and um we are also honored today with uh Tony Figueroa's inaugural presence here for Infinite Rewind, <laughs> jumping in for the
1: first time. Um,
0: right. As soon as he caught wind that we were reviewing a Simon and Garfunkel album, he just demanded his way onto the show. <laughs> so there was no there was no denying Tony. Uh, there is no denying Tony when he really wants something, that's going to happen. So that's it. We are uh, yeah. So we reviewed. Um, well, this is the second segment of i'm sorry the second week of our folk segment we're reviewing um american folk genre uh with specific to the 1960s last week we reviewed bob dylan's uh fifth studio album Bring it all- bringing it all back home yes how could i forget uh just an iconic album in a lot of different ways um what type of uh boundaries unexplored boundaries uh up to that time that you know he just broke down a bunch of different walls and inspired a bunch of musicians from there on out of what you can do in folk rock and going in a more of a taking folk and pushing it forward into the to that rock movement that was happening at the time um so this week we took a look at simon and garfunkel's first album which was released in 1964 um, Simon and Garfunkel are an American rock duo um, that have put out some really, really uh, good music, top of the line stuff that's, uh, you know, uh, has inspired generations of folk artists, pop musicians, um, and they continue to do so. Um, we, like I said, we're, we're really looking at we, the First album. So without knowing anything about Simon and Garfunkel, you listen to the first album, you would think that this is their, this is is this quintessential Simon and Garfunkel. I know nothing about them. Um, In fact, it's not. This album actually caught me off guard, Um, and it kind of goes with the history. It was when it launched, it was actually, just totally unsuccessful. (laughs) It was, it just kind of was released. There was no, no, no like positive really almost no reception. Um, and, you know, these two young musicians, one of them still in college. The other one decided that he was just going to go and pursue his own solo career. And it wasn't until about a year and a half later when it actually, uh, the um, the most iconic song on the album, Sound of Silence, was uh, redubbed. They added a few things and they re-released the album and it soared. It just took them from, um, you know, Level one to you know the stratosphere uh, as far as um, being known in the industry and these really talented singer songwriters uh, overall man you know, we're talking about thirty one minutes in length uh, twelve songs in the album, only four of which are originals, so it tells you something about the folk music there were just a lot of artists just copying each other uh, or, or rather covering each other's songs uh, but this album has it touches on a bunch of different uh well all oh, folk it kinda touches in the different areas of folk um which we can get into um to just keep going with the stats on this. We're talking about Paul Simon who's a singer songwriter, acoustic guitarist, and uh, Art Gar Arthur Gartfunkel Art Garfunkel, who is a vocalist, um, and the two of them working together pumping out songs uh, covering folk songs um on this album really it was them two and then only two other musicians are the acoustic guitarist and a bassist um and that's it and it's just them four and the producer so right there just looking at the numbers we're talking about a very stripped back album um or you would think you know and a, two acoustic guitarists one you know one man who's just a vocalist and then the bass guitar so no drums. Um, the percussion that you hear—correct me if I'm wrong—it's really just on the, is the palm muting the the, the downbeats on the acoustic guitar. Um, so yeah, I guess that's where I kind of want to. I want to start. It's a very stripped-back project. Um, like I said, only four musicians. Um, did you think that was successful? Do you think that they pulled off? You know. Do you think they pulled it off? Or do you think that this album could have used something more?
4: Yeah, I think when you strip back instrumentally, arrangement-wise, you need to come forward with something else. Yeah. It's like if you take if you turn if you dim the lights, if you rearrange the furniture, but there's no food in the table, then like you you reduced without any sort of emphasis. So I think determining their level of success is really subjective to their goal. Like if they were like, yo, let's make an album that makes people feel like they're in Sunday school and makes people feel happy and polite. If that was their goal, then they were very successful. This album made me feel like I was in Sunday school. It made me feel like I was sitting around a bunch of people doing like a very polite kumbaya, Jesus loves you type of feel. So they were successful in that realm. So I think where this becomes subjective is, is that what you want from this type of theme? Which to me, the theme here is like very religious based and uh, very like trying to find a bigger purpose within a community, but also feeling isolated. And I feel like that's such a big theme. And they went very like, thin and one dimensional with it. So um, I can go for another 45 minutes on that. But just to start off, um, I think the level (laughs) of success depends on what their goal was. If their goal was to create something that was like Sunday school, happy, polite, then yes, they were successful. If they wanted to like shift the way people thought about religion and community and isolation, um, then my initial feeling is um, not
1: successful.
2: Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, it really depends on for the genre of music for folk music for what the aesthetic of this genre i think yes they succeeded um you know and listening to this is definitely reminiscent of uh, the other john of the other albums that we listened to and even i caught uh what do you call it um remnants of uh quills uh bands wooden bones mm. and you can hear the influence but um what I'm trying to get at is that, yeah, for for the genre of uh you know, this realm of folk, I think they executed and even though there's no percussion in it, they certainly filled out the spectrum of sound. It's a very wide sound. Um uh very there's a lot of low ends and I think they did a beautiful uh job at combining uh their harmonies but also sprinkling it with the other elements to help it carry the song even though some of the songs were kind of boring and lackadaisical for me personally but yeah I'd say they executed for you know this realm of music
3: yeah yeah,
1: um, yeah. Uh, I think it was uh, I think it's definitely guitars that they're starting off point um, I feel like when you hear Paul Simon's guitar it's definitely they're in the right generation they're, they're in that folk generation that protest songs it, they're just trying to copy that Bob Dylan-esque sound, and they did a good job with that. Paul Simon plays a pretty solid uh, guitar. Um, yeah, lyric-wise, was not expecting that from Paul Simon. Obviously, they have that great song, you know,
4: "Hello Darkness, My Old Friend," mm.
1: which was a uh, one of the was a classics, one of the best songs of all time. But if you go down that list, you know, it's uh, you have "Go Tell It on the Mountain," and then you have. Uh, some uh, church song on there i just feel like this album was definitely what they i feel like what they were aiming for just to get out there get their name out there and uh and see what some of their songs uh if they, have a, if they have the potential of becoming a hit and uh yeah no i uh i gave it a listen and uh that's what i came out of it You know, i love the guitar once again but the the lyrics just wasn't a, wasn't the the paul Simon that i n- knew and loved so yeah uh yeah and and going back to what ben said where um you know where their
2: focus wasn't the lyrics clearly in this album there wasn't much that was really standing out that i was like ooh, that's amazing Mm. especially because they were a a step back with the lyrics it's like there's still like that like gaping hole you know what is missing there's something else that's good and i wonder how much uh better this would sound overall with some percussion in it but um their vocals, so I give them credit, yo, because their vocals, uh, in terms. Of...
4: Oh, we lost you. Yeah. Well, we lost you vocally somehow, some way. He can't hear us. <laughs> he can't hear us.
3: <laughs> <What was it laughs> now
4: he yeah. can. No, now
0: now he realizes something's up.
4: Yeah. Oh. <coughs> oh no. Pro PCS I... phone bill. he's, he's got to pay that. He's gotta head down to DPO
1: with a unique <laughs> card to pay that. <laughs> well yeah, um, picking up from our he's definitely right about the vocals. Um the harmonies are are amazing. I think uh them together one of the best harmonic duos in uh in folk history, I think. That's my opinion. But I think the harmonies is uh one of the innovators for uh, music like that. So it was great. Yeah, I thought they were very sharp. Um Oh, he's gone.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I think that. So a couple things. Um, one, going back, uh, Ben. Yeah, I I didn't feel Sunday school, but I felt like church camp, like church summer camp, and
3: mm-hmm.
4: like
0: hanging out. And Paul Simon's one of the counselors, and he's just yeah. playing the guitar. That's exactly <laughs> how I know. Like, he's got the whistle you know.
4: with like the bright orange T-shirt and like staff on yeah. the back. Like he's he's ready to get the kids <laughs> in the cabin jumping and pumping.
0: Yeah, like it was. It, it's a lot of that, and I didn't. So it's it's funny. Like, um, I didn't pick up on a specific theme per se. I mean, it's thematic in that, like, yeah, there's some songs are um, a lot of songs are religious songs. Um, But I don't know if that was an angle. I almost feel more inclined to agree with Tony that they just like put out songs that they wanted to cover um, and arrange. Like, there's a lot of the covers that they did. They arranged them, rearranged them the, the way that they wanted to, obviously. Uh, but it felt like they were just kind of putting something out there. And that's just my own feeling on it, whether that's true or not. I didn't look that part up, but I just felt like they were just putting themselves on display by covering the, these eight songs and, you know, I'm also showing their um, just how special Paul Simon's uh, songwriting uh, is a can be, I think there's like glimpses on this song on this album. Um, in particular I really like Bleecker Street it's a very I, soft song it's like an angelic yeah uh, I enjoyed that song too that's voice song. you know the two of them just like really paired very well hit the highs and lows and just carried the song forward and, and Paul Simon's guitar is just absolutely like it's delicate it's gorgeous and that's a captivating song and it was very well done Um, for me I don't think there was a, enough of that on this album I think it just kind of popped around and Um, didn't really, it wasn't consistent and um, just kind of pulled me around and I just never really got settled. Um, But yeah, no, I just kind of wanted to tie that back. I I thought that was funny. One of my questions tonight to you guys, like, did this album take you anywhere? I mean, it's kind of leading you to say, yeah, I felt like I was (laughs) at church or at CCD or or something. (laughs) And that's exactly how I, you know, I, I definitely that's where it took me until you get to the sound of silence. And then that song has very, I love like the, the lyrics, uh, it's a s- dark, mysterious story. And it just kind of takes you from like these different sequences, okay. um, out of the guy's head into a scene of 10,000 people. It just, it has a, it thought it was really well done, um, in the presentation too oh shit um yeah so as we were discussing uh paul simon has a beautiful oh, man. guitar uh a- a- approach to the guitar does he not i mean uh, we can just we don't have to get s- so specific on the instrumentation but um it is it is obviously that is aside from their vocalist that, that is the, the the most prominent um uh, instrument on the album. No, no doubt. I mean, it's so stripped back that yeah, how can you ignore the fact that uh, the guitar is really what's driving everything along in this album. But um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that he had, um, you know, I enjoyed the originals more than I did the, the covers. I kind of could have, and this album for sure, could have done without the, some of the covers. Um, but yeah, I, I thought I was most impressed by their originals and their ability to just as a, as a duo, just a, it just takes the song to a different level when they are harmonizing uh, so well with each other. Uh, it just, the song transcends, I think Uh, you see that, you hear that on on bleaker street and you hear that on sounds of silence. It just really like it is, uh, yeah, it just, it, it transcends to it, to a whole different level. Um I don't I mean you compare that to Bob Dylan's album from last week it's like it's just a t- totally different drink right it's just Bob wasn't harmonizing you know, Bob was just doing Bob and yeah, this is this just seems so much more delicate angelic in ways it just had a had a real purity to it um and and maybe that is the the, the theme is, is so we tried as I struggled to find one on this album. I, I felt like it definitely was lacking, and in, in like there was no real story. It was just a sounded like a collection of songs, but it just did seem very pure. And a lot of it has to do with it being stripped back, but it was very, yeah, I'd say very pure. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think, honestly, most of this this album, the aesthetic of the album, it. Very much reminded me of just worship music, mm-hmm. worship, worship, and they reference He a lot in the album, and they talk about Jesus various times and dreaming of world peace. So I think that's that's probably what ties it together. Is it's kind of a approach to praise the Lord above, if you will.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they and they do, they do go straight forward to that. Idea frequently. I think what really like grates me about the album is that it just doesn't go further than that. Like it's so superficial. It's just like praise Jesus and be good to your neighbor. But like the details behind that are so lacking. And I'm not necessarily on the idea of, yo, know, they were really trying to like map out this is how you should praise Jesus. I don't think that was their goal. I don't, I don't think it was their Pray. goal to like, let people know the details of how to, you know, show admiration for a higher spirit. I think they were going for like, what y'all were saying earlier, like just to get on the map. And it just so happens that folk music, by definition and by like intention, is not supposed to be for like, the highbrow black rim glasses, jazz aficionados, classical music nerds. Folk music is for the common people. It is for the common folk that just go to church and just like don't really think too deeply about it. And that's what really bothered me about this album is that it made me feel like folk music was like a step up below. It made me feel like folk music was just basic. It was like pop music before pop music was a thing. And it made me so angry because I don't feel like that's what Bob Dylan was doing. Yes, I get it. Bob Dylan's vocals are like nails on a chalkboard. And if you want to really consider Bob Dylan as a good comparison here, yes, it's not as pretty. Definitely. But there's so much more character in Bob Dylan's lyrical delivery and in his voice that at least you can point at Bob's lyrics and feel comfort. And no, there's more than just ice and bread in the fridge. With Simon and Garfunkel, it felt like their lyrical delivery and their lyrical message was just so thin. But I will say this. Their harmonizing is just beautiful. Through the roof. It's like, like um, we had, when we had Sway on here a few weeks ago, he was talking about working with Mertz and how Mertz would have him re-record his vocals as chords and um he would basically like for example if if sway was doing a melody in c he would basically have him do that same melody like an octave above and below to kind of fill out the sound what i noticed in this album this was like a huge breakthrough for me as a recor- as a vocalist recording is like you don't have to do it in terms of octaves you can record vocal melodies in like thirds and fifths Yep. do like three-part harmonies that's that's the
2: actual true definition of harmonies, yo. Is that it, it? Very much is uh like
4: building chords with vocals. They like like this this album. Like I will say, this is my favorite thing about this album. It made me almost like visualize like keys in a piano, like playing chords, but with voices for the first time ever. Which may sound like incredibly idiotic, go, Ben. How did you not know that before? But this album made me realize, like, wow, like they're playing chords. With their voices for real that's dope yeah that's beautiful correct and and I,
2: yeah and they and they they work very well together you know it's like the the one thing I guess what I think would have made this album sound better to the listener is I'm not sure if you guys noticed um maybe if you guys heard the the music in your car or in uh headphones or earbuds but they're um their vocals are uh, panned very hard. Yeah. 100% right and 100% left. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I think that had this album been mixed with making it less stereo and giving it less separation, Mm -hmm. let's say instead of 100%, they would have gone 40 or maybe 30%. It would have sounded so much better. And it's honestly one of the things that I, you know, that I don't, there's one of the things that I wish would have been different about this album is that I feel like it, it takes away from the experience from um, appreciating it, because when two people harmonize exceptionally and then you make it blend together, it's like a whole nother fucking realm, dude. Mm. So why, did, why, why do you think they did that? It was the style of mixing during this time. If you listen to a lot of music, in fact, a lot of vinyl records, they especially during this era, 40s, 50s, actually, I think it was like 50s, 60s, 70s, where they shifted towards uh, music and audio in stereo as opposed to in mono, where in mono everything would sound like it's coming from the center and nothing is panned. Then they shifted towards stereo, and it was like a lot of like the Beatles records, a lot of records that'll specify in stereo that was a huge thing and they were mixing for a period of time kind of when it became accessible it was almost like everything was mixed in stereo that's why if you hear a lot of the beatles records their vocals like john lennon's voice is coming only from the right hand side and Mm. nowadays that's so uh antiquated in a a sense because you know nowadays vocals are dead center for the most part but it's yeah. almost like when the floodgates were open to stereo, people were, like, overdoing it. It was, it was very mm-hmm.
4: weird. It was, like, auto-tune for them back in the Kind
2: first. of, yo, kind of. Mm. But anyway, kind of went on a rant. Um, oh, But yeah, so their weird. harmonies, I give them a lot of credit, yo. Their harmonies are fucking superb, yo. Definitely what carries the album for me. Um, and, you know, the... the uh, it took me like three or four listens with a lot of the albums that we listened to. It takes me a few listens to really find that deeper appreciation. And the harmonies for me on this album is what made me find interest in it.
0: Yes, I do totally agree with you. Um, it, it takes me a few, a few tries, you know, you get to live with the album to really, uh, see past it right i think last week we talked about getting past bob's vocals but once you did that you really took in the rest of it like the the poetry uh the message um with this it just was just right off the bat i was like this this is this is like this is the album it's the harmonizing ability you know it's just how i keep saying the word pure it just seems just so uh honest um and it just yeah, it totally worked for me, and I sniffed that out right away. And then, kind of going along with Ben's point, I, yeah, I was disappointed because I right after that I don't think it really, um, like I kind of it was like the first sip of a drink, and I'm like, dude, this is nice. Except, uh, yeah, all right. So I have more on that, but like, to take the first sip, and it's like, okay, this is fresh, and then all of a sudden the flavor drops out, and it's just kind of like this flat soda. That's how I felt about this album. I, I felt, uh, I I recognized instantly that um, the you know the harmonizing it just, it's just something I I don't really pay close attention to but it's just so obvious and so great uh, in this album it's on full display, but yeah I mean I don't know man like song order um, the choice of songs uh yes it was this, this plasticity there that i just didn't quite resonate with me on most songs yeah it just it just seemed thin um it, and it kind of like yeah it let me down i didn't i didn't totally uh yeah it, it just it was just yeah it was disappointing because i was i had uh i don't know simon and garfunkel well enough but i know some of their songs and i know Yes, the harmonizing on those songs—it just had me excited. I was like, "Let's just dig into it and just see where you know the roots, like where did it come from, what did they try?" And I just was just totally, <laughs> totally unimpressed with the album as a whole. It, it, it took me in a direction that I didn't expect to be taken, and I didn't really enjoy going in that direction. That said, yeah, man, there's plenty in here too. That's that's, that's beautiful. That's that's clearly uh, impressive, um, that you can't ignore, but, um, so yeah, I, I, guess what else, what were some of the, um, so we definitely know that, that, we talked about that the harmonizing is a strength of this album, strength of the artists, what were some of the things that you would, uh, I guess if you could identify one thing, what would, what, what would you change? I think Raul already touched upon one, but what, what, I mean, we talk about it being stripped back. Do you think if this album had a backbone, a percussion on each or, or most songs, do you think it would have just? You think it would have just uh, added value, or was this was this album just in design already, just like, it is its own thing and it is kind of flat, and uh, it just no matter what we did, it w- w- wasn't going to change the trajectory of this album.
1: I I think with this whole Simon and Garfunkel, you can tell that a lot of it was, I'm shooting the wind, but I think a lot of it was Garfunkel uh, idea. You know, it's like, if you look at the strong suits of Garfunkel compared to Paul Simon, if you look at Paul Simon when it comes to his solo albums, he puts a lot of everything. You know, more guitars, more drums, more, more noise. When I say that, I mean, like, more instruments to fill it out. When they came with this band, you can tell that they were going off of Garfunkel strengths because it's all vocals, harmonies, and I think it was more songs that was in the vocal range of Garfunkel as well. So when it came to Simon and Garfunkel, I think a lot of it, when it comes to Backbone, was more Garfunkel idea because I think while they're doing this, Paul Simon started growing as an individual artist, and you could tell them separating with ideas and how different songs were coming from either Paul Simon or Garfunkel, you could tell right away who wrote it, or some of that case. So uh, I think when it comes to Simon Garfunkel, I think when it comes when I think of backbone, I think Garfunkel was the the front man and had a lot of say in these albums and kind of deterred the the sound of which way this album, all the albums, what they were going through his strong suits. So hmm.
3: Hmm.
4: yeah, I think. When we want to examine backbone, when I think of art and I think of backbone, to me, creativity needs to be present in the backbone of whatever it is we are listening to or observing. You know, you look at a Basquiat painting, you think about the backbone and the creativity is just like loud and in your face you think about whatever let's think of michael jordan jumping from the free throw line and the creativity there there's the flare. there's a backbone of creativity in the flare. what really just upsets me about this album is the lack of a backbone i feel this album is so polite it like just wants to be in the house with all the other people it doesn't want to be polarizing it wants to be peaceful like it doesn't want to like disrupt a lot and and what an out al- a song that really to me is a great comparison to point out what i think this album is missing is the song norwegian wood by the beatles on rubber soul now listen to the norwegian wood the first five seconds of that song sound exactly like a song that could fit onto this album it's just guitar strumming kind of like dusty and grainy and folky almost but yo five seconds into that song you hear George Harrison on the sitar coming in and giving it that sauce and then five seconds later you hear the vocals come in and there's a depth to those vocals there's a backbone to those vocals that you don't necessarily hear on this polite delivery here on this album and then even the lyrics they're painting on Norwegian wood there's it's like there's a quirkiness to it that Bob Dylan would like you know like it's not just these simple one dimensional images so to me the idea of backbone isn't just an instrumentation thing it's like there's a lack of backbone in so many domains here instrumentation lyrical messages the depth of the of the of the ideas they're portraying it's like so much of this you i i didn't look into who wrote a lot of these songs but with the exception of sound of silence everything else feels like a cover everything else feels like they're almost, like, animatronic. You know, like, if you go to Disney World and, like, there's just robots, like, just reciting the same shit over and over again. Uh, it just didn't feel like them. And I think... So, I'm, I'm going to assume, without looking into it, that Sound of Silence was an original. Is that it right? It was,
2: correct. Paul Simon wrote it. In fact, um, to kind of take it a step further, proof of uh, this would have been better with a stronger backbone is... Uh, Libby sent out the text of... Uh, their re-rendition uh, yeah. for the album "Sound uh, The Sound of Silence. And it does sound fucking dope. Really Way dope. Way yeah.
4: better. So listening, yeah.
2: listening to that rendition is when it hit me like, yo, we should cover this song because the lyrics are fucking dope. I love the lyrics of <laughs> the song. And the harmonies and uh, things are fucking dope. So I think that we would be able to give this a very unique twist. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that simply put, because of the uh, re-rendition, if you will, had uh, drums and they used electric guitars and a different bass, it gave it more of a, um, I don't want to say uh, contemporary for the time, but it was more uh, experimental and it was more a rock-ish, which mm-hmm. it, it accentuated the the... Uh, song which was very well written. Yeah,
0: I totally agree. I think that version is so much better than, than the one on the album that we listened to. It just it adds more like more character to it, more punch. Um, definitely pulls it or pu- pushes it in that uh, folk rock direction, right? Whereas Sound of Silence on the album that we listen to is just definitely it's stripped back and it just doesn't doesn't feel like it has the life. That it should have, so I totally like aced it the second time around, um, and we're kind of I, you know, I don't know. if Tip the cap to Bob, tip, tip the cap to Bob Dylan for breaking down that wall, pushing folk rock or folk into the, you know, just advancing folk rock as a genre. You know, um, it definitely I think Riley used the word contemporary. It definitely sounds contemporary for that time. I, you know, I. Just, yeah, it fit, it worked. I think it's a, yeah, I think that's what they needed. I think that's what, if they had 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 some, you know, percussion to some of these songs, it may have advanced this album, may have been an easier listen for me. Uh, and I appreciate acoustic music, man. I, I love just strip back and, you know, singer-songwriter, just going at it. It's like listening to Tony Figg. Um, you know, <laughs> just kind of just chilling back and just letting it, letting it hang, and it's, you know, we've already we've, we've we've talked about it, man. Like the 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 stars of this album are the are the vocalists, and um, just in how they intertwine with each other. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that they they. uh, I don't know, if, like, can't say for all the songs that they miss the mark, um it just, it was just lacking. I don't know. I, I, I guess I compare it to, to flat soda. Um, yeah. just, you know, it's like, I don't like, this is like flat Coke. That's been like in the fridge for like seven days, you know, like a week. And then like, I got to drink this now and I'm like, damn, but I really want to I guess I guess, I guess I'll just fight my way through this after a while. Like, <laughs> I really don't think I can finish this, you know? And it, it's just me being honest. Um, there are some, like, for instance, there's a, there's a song on this album, Peggio, which is oh, was played at my that's wedding. That's
2: literally the worst song on the album. Oh, my. Right. No, Benedict, no, no, no,
0: no, the worst. Um, yeah, you know, so Peggio was actually played at my wedding.
4: Um, what? Oh, shit.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen up, listen up, listen up. So this it's not an original. It's a It's a cover of a Scottish folk song that's been, like. The lyrics had been switched around. Anyway, sorry. The Grateful Dead do an amazing cover of it. And it's a beautiful, they do one 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 cut in particular, of uh, the live version. They, they knock it out of the park. And I fell in love with the song very early on. But Bob Dylan's covered it. The Nationals covered it. A bunch of like artists have covered it. So when I got, I was like, oh, cool. I'm excited to listen to Simon Garfunkel's rendition. And dude, I just couldn't get through it. I, I got about halfway through it. Um, and it wasn't going to change. You could tell it wasn't going to change in, in trajectory. It was just going to be the same thing throughout. Um, you know, again, no solos, nothing. It's just you know, you appreciate their harmonies, but you, which you kind of you know you do. You just like, all right, I know that they they have this range and they can do it. But as far as the setting so the song, I can't hang. I can't hang with it. It's actually killing me because i love this song and i think that i don't think they did a great job doing it um you know so and the same thing with the bob dylan cover um i i, I would say it wasn't as uh grading but um still when they, they covered the times they are a change that's a fantastic song but really honest like to me only bob can play that only bob can sing that song you know
2: yeah that was you another low I mean? point for me the times are yeah. changing was very boring and like plain it was like vanilla ice cream
0: yeah no I like, ben's point like it it just seems like it didn't have depth you know just there it is what do, what do you say bread nice in the fridge you know <laughs> <laughs> not, not, nothing beyond that it's like, he's uh, looking
4: at you like all right well i'm starving so i guess i'll have this bread and i'm really thirsty so i guess i'll just wait for this ice to melt but <laughs> you're not gonna really like be enthusiastic about an album like this like and, and I think what what ultimately makes me the most upset about it is that I see the potential you know and I'm almost mm-hmm. upset that we picked this album because I I can guarantee you that whatever A&R heard them was like yo these guys are going to do some amazing music but this wasn't the amazing music like they have other albums like uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water um, and they have one, one of their al- a bookends. That Those are like Rolling Stone top 100 albums of all time. And I'm going to assume, based off of what Tony was saying earlier, that Simon was like, yo, Art, yo, that's a good idea. Yo, can you write that down? Yo, and like fold that piece of paper and just throw it in the trash. Like, <laughs> I, 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 have, I know where we're going. Because, yo, Sound of Silence, like, you put 10 Sound of Silences together, yo, you have... A pristine album, vocally, thematically, yeah. lyrically, yeah. all the are the harmonics would be on point. But yo, that's I'm I okay. Here's here's the wall that I'm hitting with folk, and I, and I want to know if y'all are in the same place. I feel like folk has this backbone of. Yo, know, we just cover each other's songs and we make them accessible. So we're not really concerned with intricacies and we're not necessarily concerned with originals. We just want to create songs that most people are going to know and that most people are going to sing to, which to me feels like pop music. It's like what I would think Katy Perry's formula is or I don't know, like the worst Lady Gaga songs are is just like a formula for like accessibility. And I think going back to Libby's very first question, were they successful? And Raul, I think you answered it actually correctly now that I think about it. I'm sure this was a successful folk formula. I think I'm just finding that, you know, Bonnie Vare, Fleet Foxes, um, Bob Dylan, that's more of my style of folk. I want folk that is more experimental and like really like breaking down the walls of conformity. And I think that's the wall that I'm hitting with folk. Are you guys feeling like you are starting to develop a definition of what folk music is? And I'm interested to hear what you guys think folk music is at this point.
2: Yeah. I, I got to agree with you on many of the points that you just said. Uh, definitely. A kind of a, kind of a reshuffling of the deck, if you will, of songs. Um, and. uh overall it seems to me like folk music is just very one to two dimensional you know it's not too intricate in terms of the instrumentation not too intricate in terms of uh the songwriting although bob dylan did have some pretty uh dope songs but yeah that definitely seems to be the trend where it was uh everyone was following the wave yo i'm sure that's what it was yeah that and it's like it's Absolutely. nothing over, nothing. It's nothing over the top, you know. I, I don't think I've heard anything folk. There's not much folk music that we've listened to, at least uh, the, the albums that we've reviewed, these two, that makes me feel like, wow, this is like, uh, completely culture shifting, you know. Right. Yeah, I totally.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, it, it, Some there's something on the um, album cover that I learned about today. It's like, uh, you know, the album cover, Simon Garfunkel, the name of the album. And then there's like a, like a quick blurb that's from like the producer to the audience. It's just like an exciting new sound in folk. And it just seemed like it just to our points here. It's like, yeah, this is just a continuation of the movement, you know, that they're just going to take these folk songs that they didn't write, cover them, and you know they're selling it to the, the folk crowd which you know it could be the everyday man it could be the you know the pious uh blue collared worker that goes to church every sunday and also be the new hipster movement that's like tied to like dylan um but yeah it just it so obviously they were pandering to their you know to an audience that would enjoy it would eat this up um but, yeah, I guess I'm removed from that audience. I was expecting something more, something with more depth, something that was going to ooh and ah me. And, yeah, man, it's definitely their vocals, right? I mean, I'm not going to say there wasn't anything on this album. That certainly was the the top thing for me. But, um, yeah, it just, uh, I, I'm, I guess I'm realizing it more in context, you know, um, trying to understand what folk is, you know, it's kind of an enigma to me. Is it just somebody playing an acoustic guitar and singing solo? Is that folk music? Is it what they're singing about? Um, yeah. Or is it who is it? Who are they singing to? You know, I you know what is it? So still trying to figure that out. But after listening to Bob last week and then these guys, uh, I mean, they're definitely two different ends of it. Um, I feel like Bob is just more real, and these guys are just putting together just covering. Songs that the, those in the folk environment know or are familiar with. And this would have, you know, fell on their ears and it would have just been nice, pleasant music that, you know, that they're just used to or accustomed to. For me, I didn't, I, it just didn't click with me from the beginning. It was, it was, yeah. it just wasn't, it wasn't it. Um, and I wish it was, you know, flat soda. I was disappointed, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. you know.
0: And um, it was kind of country
2: though. The, the first song, the intro was like very country.
0: Yeah, it was like it wanted to be a protest song, but then it wasn't. It was like that Ben used the word polite. It was Like you know, hey, it's okay. Yeah, you can tell the world, but okay, thumbs up. We all love each other. I don't know. It was like as if they he was like, they, was like a, they were afraid to like make a real statement. I don't know. Um, but that's a, that's also, that's a cover. It's not them. So it's only so much you can do.
4: But that's the exact point, man. Like you have an album to make a statement, but you choose to do it with a cover. It's like. You're just
3: you
4: you have yeah. you have the 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 fluorescent vest and you're just helping people cross the street. You're just being very polite about it. You're not actually like putting your fist down and being like, This is what needs to happen. And you know, say what you want about Bob Dylan's vocals, man, but I don't think his lyrics were compromised.
3: <laughs> no,
0: dude, I actually appreciate Bob more after listening to Simon and Garfunkel, dude, you got like a mellow, like, like not totally mellow, but a very, let's just say one's sweet and the other one's, I don't know, sour? I don't know. I think <laughs> sour in a good way. If you like sour candy, man, then you fucking love Bob, you know? It's just like, yeah, it's just two totally different approaches, but like Bob just seemed so much more real.
4: Yeah. Simon, you know? and, Garfun- Simon and Garfunkel is like a glass of water and Bob Dylan's like bathtub gin. like that you're <laughs> that your uncle made during the prohibition
2: yeah yeah, yeah totally wow. yo let me ask this one question uh should be quick and easy and maybe we can move into final thoughts um is is the sound of silence unanimously everyone's favorite song on this album
0: yes uh yeah it it yeah, yeah. i really like bleaker street um but the, this one sound of silence is it just no doubt
2: Dude, The Sound of Silence is a fantastic song, man.
1: Yeah, momentous. Both both
2: renditions at that, too, yeah. They're both, I love them, yeah.
1: But that's what's so crazy. That's the thing about folk music. You know, when you look at Bob Dylan, you know, he told stories of protests because he was surrounded by that, and that's how he felt. He surrounded himself with people that that are speaking about protests, and a lot of his songs are about protests and about the people and all that. I feel like when Simon and Garfunkel started off, they wanted to be this folk band, but I think they just wanted to sing songs for the people, but mm. not with protests. You know, I feel like they were just making songs like, Sound of Silence it talks there's a very deep song, but doesn't have to deal with protests, but it does talk about usually how people feel, and I feel like people can relate to it. And I feel like what folk really does is people relating to the music, you know? And of course, folk back then is a lot different than folk now. You know, the music changes every every so often so um yeah. yeah that's how i feel about folk yeah but tony i mean you're a
4: big fleet foxes and bonnie ver fan and they're both what i would consider to be the the most recent best uh folk artists so like what do you think they do well that simon and garfunkel kind of missed on
1: well, I wouldn't consider Bon Ivar folk. I'll consider more of a, him of an acoustic act. I wouldn't really. I think when I think of folk. Fleet Fox is definitely there because they they have a, 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 that acoustic sound with vocals behind it, with good lyrics behind it as well. Mm. Um, and I also think about folk with the Avett Brothers. The Avett Brothers have very good lyrics and also very good harmonies and they're all acoustic. And I also think about the Head and the Heart which is another great folk band, which is all harmonies, acoustics. So a lot of things that evolve around folk for me is I think it's the harmonies and the lyrics. Um, a lot of artists that are folk are harmonies and lyrics or just lyrics. Like Bob Dylan, not a great vocalist, but amazing lyrics. Like if you look at all his songs, he is a very, very well, he, he writes his songs very well. Paul Simon, Simon and Garfunkel, they have the harmony, the lyrics are getting there. As you see with Sounds of Silence. But I feel like they, like I said before, with this album, cause I never heard this 3, 3M album. And when I looked at when I heard it, I was like, oh, it has good sound, it has potential. You know, uh, Paul side, like uh, Libby's Ber- Berkeshi, I think, with that song, has a great guitar. In the beginning, mm-hmm. but then it kind of, like, fades. It's like you start hearing the lyrics, like, uh, they they had it, and then they kind of lost it, you know. So I feel like this album was just them learning how, like, they have it. Onto it throughout the whole album instead of just one song.
0: Yeah. Yes. 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 And I definitely think uh, it, it, this is also their debut album. And they come out and I think they just you know maybe they just trying to do what they do best and let's play folk songs that they know and yeah. dabble in their you know first chance at originals. And, you know, comparing it to Bob's album from last week's is kind of hard, right? I mean, Bob, that was a breakthrough album for Bob Dylan, but he'd also had put out a couple albums before that too. so he'd already been around the block and he already knew, had the confidence in knowing, confidence in himself to, to go in a different direction you know, I think
1: it's just, I guess yeah. it's hard
0: to just compare one to the other, but at the same time you can value one over the other because yeah, Paul, Bob had like a definitely sounded like he had a set of
4: balls on him you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm just imagining Bob Dylan walking through like a men's locker room with like no towel, just like very quiet, <laughs> and like Art Art, and Paul just being like very timid, like <laughs> like
3: covering up
4: and like, I don't know, man, like, should we be in the adults room? Bob's like, it's all right, man. I'm, I'm well known here. Familiar in these parts. Um, yeah, it's, it's the confidence, man. But um, yeah, let's get to the final thoughts. Yeah, I'll be happy to kick it off.
2: Um, kick it off, kick it off, <laughs> kick it off. Yo, but just let me just say, uh, turning back a couple pages, is uh, Bonnie Iver definitely has major, major folk influences. There's no
4: denying. For that. sure, man.
2: This yeah. The First yeah. album, I
4: Remember Forever Ago, is super folky. Man. Oh
2: my god, dude, that song is so fucking beautiful, yo. Uh, so anywho.
3: Oh, um,
2: yeah. yeah, this, uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, it, it took me a few listens to find an appreciation for it. Once I got past its stripped back kind of single dimensional, uh, you know, characteristics, I gravitated towards the vocals heavily and listening to the music in other mediums. For example, initially, the first couple listens I listened to it in my studio room through these speakers, and it didn't sound as good as it did in the car. In the car, for some reason, it gave it. A, it sounded much better, at least the mix. And maybe it's because my speakers here are not far wide enough. Anyways, um, secondly, I wish I could have mixed this album. If I could, if I could mix this album myself, I feel like I would have a fucking grand time um, between making the subtle adjustments that I would appreciate, such as panning the vocals a little more centered, but also adding percussion. Some of these songs, man. If, if they simply had a percussion and a groovier bass, I think we would all appreciate this on a whole higher level. But then again, that's not necessarily folk music. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. I take away points in its uh, lack of complexity. I take away points in its lack of depth in lyrics and concepts. Um, few listeners to really find an appreciation. I'm going to say this is a solid six for me, yo. There are some things, there are many things that I do enjoy about this album, um, that I'm going to take away, and uh, yeah, definitely sampling. At least I have starred three of these songs, which I'm sampling, one of which is The Sound of Silence. Man, I, I got I've actually, you know, what's interesting is that this happens here and there. Uh, I don't want to go off too much on the tangent. This happens here and there where I hear a sample or a song that I very much like that I'll then hear in my head later on. But I, I'm already hearing it in my head how I'm gonna flip the sample. Mm. So I caught myself a few times like beatboxing and humming and harmony and like singing the interpretation that I'm hearing in my head. I just gotta lay it down. So uh, yeah, definitely oh. some gems to pull from this. But yeah, I'll give this a six. Uh, it's hot, man.
0: It's hot. Um, I'm gonna come right out and say that this is a solid four um this this album for me is not one that i will revisit from front to back i will revisit sound of silence most definitely but probably not even this version that's on this album be the sound of silence re-released in 1966 with the punchy with the percussion the drum kit so um but i've mentioned bleaker street beautiful song um too timid to to actually try to learn it i don't think i could play it like him but um yeah, I thought that there was, well, you started at 10, and then you were, you know, is this album a 10? No. Why? Because I only like two or three songs on this album, <laughs> you know, and the rest I could just do without. I was like, I just didn't connect with me. Um, so we're already at a three, right? Because if you just start with, you know, three out of the 12 songs, all right, I'll just sit, start there. And then, yeah, I mean, I give points back definitely for just their just talent uh, as vocalists. Um, but I, I mean, it wasn't inspirational to me because I don't sing, I don't have the confidence to sing as much, uh, but I can recognize um, just how valuable their abilities are um, for their music. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a fine display of, of two talented individuals, two talented vocalists there's um, obviously in "Sound of Silence," no doubt, and I love Bleecker Street, um, where you get these—you you really see that these guys are, are talented singer-songwriters. So, uh, but honestly, there just wasn't enough Bleecker Streets and "Sounds of Silence" on this album to make it anything more than a four for me. So, uh, not not an album I'll revisit. Um, kind of bummed that it's just you know, kind of bummed to say that, but I'm. Um, be definitely want to check out the other ones. Uh,
4: but, yeah, it, it, it's a four for me. Yeah, I think that I'm going to start my final thought and end my final thought with the same sentence. The, the role of the artist in society is to push. That is why artists are existing on the planet. Let the engineers and the scientists like measure things and put things in the right place. Artists are supposed to push things to the next level. And what makes music so beautiful is that it can take an emotion and it can put it on a stage and it can highlight all the intricacies, all the nuances, all the depth of an emotion. Whether it's Ray Charles like screaming, whether it's James Brown shaking his ass in the stage whether it's Nora Jones, like being silky and smooth in her delivery, like all of those things give a depth to an emotion. And what I think made me so upset about this album is that it didn't push anything. It didn't push lyrics. It didn't push themes. I did love the harmonizing. I will say that. And I think from the guitar perspective, there are a few songs that I listen to, like, wow, that's very beautiful guitar on like one or two songs. But overall, this packaging doesn't push music forward. And yes, I'm just comparing it to like, whatever, Bonnie Vare, Fleet Foxes, Norwegian Wood, Blackbird by the Beatles. All those songs have something in them that you think, oh man, like that's a little bit outside of what I would have thought would happen here. But there's so much like animatronic folk here. There's so much like flat soda, mayonnaise folk here. It's just like one or two dimensional. Like it just doesn't go further on the palette. It doesn't like make you think, wow. It doesn't give you this sense of like, man, these people are like real people, like with depth. and the reason I don't like that is because I don't think folk music needs to be basic. I don't think folk music needs to be simple. Like there is folk music with depth, lyrically, instrumentally, chord changes wise. And I think Paul Simon might listen to this album and be like, yeah, I know it was kind of basic, but like, listen to my new stuff. Like, cause I think Paul Simon after this, and the song I'm thinking about, he has a song called, uh, 50 ways to, uh, leave your lover. That song has like, incredibly beautiful chord changes in it. So I, I think in retrospect, looking at this album, like, it's just so basic to me, man. It's so simple. It's so cookie-cutter. It, it makes me kind of not like folk, but I think it's more about me recognizing, like, this is, in my in Ben's head, this is folk bottom. So, like, you know, this rock bottom, this is my folk bottom. To me, this is like a 2 out of 10 album. Wow. I think it's so much better than this. Um I don't ever want to listen to anything on this album besides Sound of Silence ever again. This is a two out of ten for me. Hard. Yeah, I'm right
1: there with I'm right there with you with that one. I think it's uh listening to this album. Lily I was very shocked because huge Paul Simon guy loved Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel, and I just listened to this. I was like, Oh boy, they uh they did not this is not what I, I expected it to be. So I was gonna give it like a 3.5. Uh, I think Sign of Silence is a 3.5. I think that's the best song on the album. I feel like the covers weren't strong. But once again, it was a jumping off point. It was one of those things that they were figuring out themselves. Once again, I think Garfunkel was more of a front man. He's more the leader in the band at this time. And uh, yeah, three out of five, that's uh, so what I get for this album. So three out of five
0: that makes it a... Uh... Oh man, 3.5 out of 10. Sorry. 3.5 Okay,
1: 5 out okay. 10.
0: All right. Yeah. I was like, it's like an eight.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh
4: man. So many uh, dying right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, three out of five. No, I would make it a six. Wouldn't it?
4: I'm doing math. Right? Oh, please stop doing math on our podcast. Please. Okay. No yeah, more sorry. Math. I can't handle it. This is too much for me.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Well, uh, well, this was great. I'm glad we uh, we explored this album. That was a, It was a challenge, and it's always fun to uh, unpack uh, challenges. So, um, Raul, what you got for, for the final week of our folk segment?
2: Yeah, man. I will, I will also just add, uh, kind of to close the casket, is that I enjoyed this
4: album so much more than Bob Dylan's. I was going to ask you that even though I knew immediately as soon as you were like, the harmonics were great. I'm like, yeah, he loved this way more.
3: (laughs) Oh my god. Could
4: (laughs) you (laughs) you work to this? Yes, I could. Very
2: much. It was pleasant to the ears as opposed to, you know, nails to a chalkboard. But anyways, so, um, I also just want to throw out there that my original pick, uh, for next week's review, I forgot. (laughs) So, uh, uh, this was this next this one that we're actually going with was my second choice. Um,
4: and yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, stop traffic. You had an album that you were going to suggest to us, but even right now you don't remember. I what don't.
2: I don't remember. It. And you know what? You know what's fucked up is that I listened. I skimmed through a couple of the songs because I wanted to choose something that was going to be pleasing to the ears. You know what I mean? And I, I was, you know, you know. <laughs> I may have had some edibles recently as I was (laughs) perusing. So it happens, bro. Um, When the the henny hits the system. Basically. So the album we're going to be listening to is uh, an album by uh, Adam, or excuse me, Van Morrison, Astral Weeks. Nice. Yeah. uh, Released in 68. This came right after his smash hit, Brown Eyed Girl uh and there's uh looking at the list of the instruments on it it's very decorated sax strings double bass percussion all that jazz um well not jazz all that folk if you will <laughs>
3: uh
2: but you know it has you know some rock
4: and jazz influences so uh yeah
2: astral weeks
4: by van morrison
2: exciting awesome
4: i'm excited i've always he's he's someone that i've always wanted to listen to but never felt like that i had the right introduction you know when like, you go to the party it's like Yo, who's that girl it's like god you better get someone to introduce you like, that's how i've <laughs> always felt that way about van morris i'm like who is this guy like i just don't like how, how do i even approach this dude i don't even i don't know nothing about him but yeah i'm excited it should be cool yeah man yeah well, gentlemen
0: what? um it's been fantastic um this conversation was great i'm glad we explored this album um yeah, very eager to get on to the next to our our last week of, of folk music. I don't know where we're taking it from there, but uh, mm. audience stay stay tuned. Um yeah. Guys, uh, it's been a pleasure um, hanging out with you on this this fine Sunday evening.
4: Tony, thank you for joining us. Yo, shout out to Tony. Thank, Big, thank you for having A-A-A me. Figgies for you, aka Tony 7. Thank you, Tony, for coming through. Appreciate your thoughts, your input. Anytime, bro, you come through. Even if you don't listen to the album, just come through. Just We, we would love to have you here, man. Just come hang. Just, yeah. Just talk, come here and just talk talk garbage, you know? like Just like the old head. <laughs> like, never, you don't really even know. He's like, yeah, this album's garbage. You listen to it? Nah, but it's garbage. Y'all listen to
1: it. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will, maybe I will. Sounds good to me. Alright, All right, y'all. Peace and love. All right. Peace and love.
4: Peace. Later.